Fear the Walking Dead recently ended its eight-season run. Jenna Elfman and Kim Dickens talked to us reporters in a roundtable setting about the end, their character arcs, and the journey of the series. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And from those roundtables, here are Jenna Elfman and Kim Dickens. And I kick things off. Ladies, I, I want you to talk about what it was like to make the transition because of the world the characters existed in. To be more heroic, I don't mean the action stuff, to really do heroic things. Sometimes for the greater good and sometimes not. But they made that transition. Talk about that. Well, it was a tough road for Madison to get there. I think her intentions were always um, to do what's right for the, you know, for the greater good. I think she she loses herself along the way, especially when she's working for Padre and stealing children, the very antithesis of what she, you know, motivated her survival and her goodness was the children. Now here she was doing the exact opposite. So um, to come back from that was a very, I mean, it's like, you got to be pretty limber as an actor. <laughs> like that, we were jumping through some hoops here and there, <laughs> going back and forth and just like really just exploring the psyche and what would mend the heart and the soul and what would make someone do this, you know? So we were really uh, getting our work out as actors. So to be able to come, to go all the way to the bottom as I think Madison does in season eight and somehow find her way back up is, is sort of poetic. For June, I think some of her bravest moments come in trying to honor John Dory, honor herself, honor what we're trying, the right thing. Um, sometimes it seems it's, it can just be so easy to give up when like clearly all the cards are stacked against you. Why bother? And to honor, to have honor towards the right thing requires sometimes tremendous bravery um so i think when i look at the the big sort of brave moments june's encountered they were in her trying to honor john's life when she murdered Ginny. like his death had to mean something it can't for her it couldn't exist without some you know equal equal action um or her trying to honor her own truth by going ahead and doing that surgery when, you know, there's so much at risk for her sanity and for life. And so I think in June's journey of bravery, it had to do with honoring the right things and that that's hard. Mm -hmm. Thank you, ladies. Those characters will stay with me a long time. Really mm -hmm. great job. Thank you, Tony. More of the ladies of Fear the Walking Dead in a moment. What did Madison and June teach the actors that played them? I think June's encounter with John Dory, that's game changing, obviously. Um, his benevolence, the contagion of his benevolence, like how contagious goodness is and, and, and generosity of spirit and how healing that can be. You know, like, you know, when you've had like a crap day and someone 
looks at you and is like, are you okay? How are you? And you really feel their sincerity and you're just like, ah, you know, you've like been keeping it in all day. And then a caring eye gaze uh, lands upon you and it all comes out. I, I just, I think John Dory's um, benevolence was such a beautiful theme that became a contagious um, driving force through these different characters. And so she, you know, to lose a child, like you don't ever heal from that, let alone like in a normal loving world, let alone in an apocalypse. And um, I just think for June to be able to find herself again because of that love and and generosity and benevolence um, and what it did for all the characters, uh, I think that was a really defining time. Um, that's a really hard question for me. I mean, so much happened. I think it's almost like at the beginning and in the end. And we spoke about Cliff Curtis in another interview today. Jenna brought him up. And I think probably by starting with the love of Travis and his sort of unconditional love for our broken family, um, sort of gave Madison the courage and set her off on a mission, gave her that sort of confidence being loved. And I think another really defining moment would be at the end, ironically from Troy, who by lying gave her, gave Madison a reason to live. And that was by thinking that Tracy was her granddaughter. And, um, for whatever reason, even though it wasn't the truth, it changed things for Madison. What did Madison and June teach the actors that played them? That as a woman, bravery is freaking awesome. And that we are so strong and that we are so much more capable than most people expect us to be able to be. And and how we sell ourselves short sometimes on the subject of bravery as women. And um, it reignited a bravery in me. Um, and I think that, I don't know that, I don't know. I think framing women as brave more often, I think is a good, is a good idea because that's what we are. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree because, you know, what I took away from it was, wow, I could do that. I could do all that, you know, and it did take courage. Uh, I'd never led a show before. I was never the lead on a show before, much less a, a genre piece that was an action piece, you know, and um, but, you know, I, it's okay. I just showed up every day. And I think that's what it reminded me to do is just like you just show up every day. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to do something, just show up and learn you know, and also, you know, we we had to be so flexible as performers because we really were asked on a daily basis or script by script, you know, to sort of sometimes have a different agenda than we'd had before or a different emotional response than we'd had before, make big changes. And so that sort of uh, limber, being that limber and adept is, is uh, keeps you, you have to be on your toes. And so I, I walked away feeling like, yes, I did it. And, and I think Jenna's right. Like the, 
the bravery that to to frame women as sort of equals in that way, which I think we do on our show, on this show. We we never sort of I don't think any of the females ever felt like we were at, at any moment undervalued or not treated as an equal or just as strong as anybody else. So, you know, um, yeah, and we'll carry that. We'll all go and carry that into whatever other job we we whatever the other set we walk onto. It's that those eight years or those four or five years are they're in us. They were changed now. Did they believe Strand was a changed man? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, when, when Madison meets him and he's speaking, he's speaking German and trying to hide every every bad thing he did at the tower. I mean, I think we have to believe it. We have to, you know, no one's gone until they're gone. I think you have to give him, you know, that benefit of the doubt that what Alicia said to him, what she did for him by acting, you know, as a way of showing him how to be changed him maybe. And I mean, because he, he did everything he could to keep me from going off the deep end. So, I mean, he, he, he was a man of many, (laughs) uh, many masks, but uh, I have to believe he's, he's changed, but I'm a sucker like that. I'm an audience member. That's like a sucker. (laughs) I think I don't think June was exposed to a lot of his redeeming scenes, you know what I mean, that the audience is privy to. I think June had limited thing and was not having any of it. Um, But as a viewer, I do feel he's changed because he, he never betrayed love. He never betrayed Frank and Frank's son that he brought into his life and, and they brought into his, theirs and he never betrayed them since he met them. And to me, that that showed that he is capable of change. I think if he had betrayed them, then it's like, yeah, and then we're I mean, I just signed the check. That's done. I don't think he's possible. It's possible for him to change. But he never betrayed that. And, and he always cared and maintained a devotion to that love. And I, that to me said a lot about him. I think you're right. I think that's the tell of who the real guy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If their characters were to join a spinoff show, what would they like to see them do? Oh my God, I feel like Madison's done everything. Um, I mean, it, I think it'd be nice to see her try to finally rebuild her family. And... Um, a place like she wanted Padre to be or what she intended for um, the stadium to be. I mean, I'd like to lean into that a little more. I mean, I only got a little taste of that at the stadium. You know, it all seems to always go, I don't know. I'd go anywhere Madison needs to go. It's such a fun character and and they always surprised me. So um, pretty open. I'd love to see just in terms of a quality, a, 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 a character quality. I'd love to see, you know, June having gone through so much. I'd love to see if she were to come play somewhere. Uh, this full out courage 
You know, there's something when you've been through everything and nothing can surprise you anymore. You have a lot of knowledge in your pockets and you get to that point where you just can tolerate anything and take it not just in stride because there's a lot more emotion connected to it than that, but to have the adventure of courage and to have to be someone who's like, you know what, let's go and and has finds this beauty in courage to lean into moments, to reach into anything, because let's let's just find out what this is. I've been there. I can take it. I know I can pull myself out. I know, like, let's go. And to just see this, like, courageous energy, I think would be really, and to just, to, to have that as a starting point, um, I think would be really fun. More with Jenna Elfman and Kim Dickens, Fear the Walking Dead, in a moment. Did they have any watch parties for the finale? Jenna, do you want to come over? <laughs> sure. I'm on a plane from Austin and I'll come on out. Um, I hadn't even, I, I watched the last two on screeners and in it by myself at night, <laughs> last, last night in my kid's bed. Um, and it was, he was in the, you know, in the top bunk and I was all cuddled up with my headphones and darkness and the dog at my feet. And that's actually how I like watching these things because <clears throat> it is, there's so many nuanced emotional memories upon filming these from your whole creative process as an artist to the personal experience of having gone through this journey. And I don't know, I don't feel like I enjoy going through it in like a public, a public environment with all my <laughs> friends, like, you know, because it's like, I like to process it like, oh, so how did they edit that? And what I know what I was trying to play in that moment is that what tape did they use and what communicates? And it's so personal and intimate. So I, I enjoy watching it all cuddled up alone in the bunk bed. In the past, we, we've done that. You know, I think I remember when we were in Mexico and we would all go into somebody's room, it started airing and we somehow hijacked cable to, to be in our hotel rooms and we would watch it there. But, you know, Coleman and I talked about, let's try to watch it while we're home. But he's like so busy right now. Oh my God. So I tried to watch it with some friends when it came back and it's a lot of questions and a lot of like, oh, God, you know, so I, I prefer to just watch it with my partner who understands my job and and we really get to dissect it together. And like, you know, and I can say, hey, that's when that happened. or this, And then, you know, and and I celebrate it with somebody that gets it. You know what I mean? So my mother watches it in Alabama. So I, I get the text at the end once she's seen it. So that's it. That's it for me. No big parties. this We've done it a lot, though, through the years, so. The legacy of this series, message-wise, what's it going to be? Uh, I just think <laughs> the importance of family in whatever form it works for you. Um, but that it's so important that we are not alone in this world. And in any way, we have can create a family, a support system, an enhancement tribe, <laughs> Um, it's just, and, and I, and I think in the greater that human beings all be that for each other in general, 
Um, but to me, it's like it started, the show started with family and they connected with another family. And then they all started interchanging um, with their experiences and stuff. So that to me seems like the main theme is family in any way uh, for the purpose of enhanced survival. Can't say it any better than that. Um, I think when we, what we walk away from in this, in, with the legacy of this ending is, is I think it's about how do you reconcile, you know, things in your past with who you were when you began, who you are now, how you forgive yourself, how you forgive others. Um, I think um, it's about resilience of the human spirit and it is about coming together and following your better angels. And I think, I think Jenna nailed it. It's family, whether it's chosen or whether it's blood, you know, it's, that's what it's about. What about the legacy for their characters? I feel like she always was aiming to do the right thing and always coming from a good intention as a human being. I think she always wants, I think she's well-intentioned. I think she's just one of the helpers, you know, she's, she's, that's important to her. It's who she was before the apocalypse as a, as a trauma nurse. I think courage and bravery is also something, um, but just the decency, the inherent decency in her, despite all the trauma that she's gone through. She always, always was trying to just stay connected to her decency. And then if she could, if she could always help or stay connected to her true self, then she felt that she was still existing in the world. Like she was still present. Like she hadn't lost her mind. I think with Madison, she's, you know, a controversial character. Um, and and always has been, you know, she didn't always do the right thing, the morally correct thing. I think when I think back about when the show started and what we set out to represent was, you know, East L.A. And I think we did. And also we started with a family, but it was a broken family. It wasn't like a picture perfect family. It was a, a mixed family. And there was drug addiction in it. There was suicide in it. There was divorce in it. There was, you know. And I think that that's that imperfection and yet still being a family. I think it was nice to sort of have that as our legacy. Like, it's okay. It's okay. We're just all going to do the best we can. And I remember meeting fans at some of the conventions and and mothers coming up to me and saying, thank you for, for, for showing what this is like to have a drug addicted son. And they would cry and they'd say, Hey, I have a kid that's addicted to drugs right now. And it's not easy. And sometimes I have to be tough, you know? And so I'm just like really proud of us for, you know, showing trauma because everybody goes through it and, and, and you don't always get to see that, you know? And I think art is, is effective when, you can see it and you feel a part of something and then it, it's art. You know what I mean? And I think if we were able to reflect sort of 
sometimes things that were painful or or not perfect or not I not not the typical, then that's what I'm proud of. Thank I you. just want to say on that too, it just I thought of it when you were speaking, Kim, you know, just as mothers, like motherhood, what motherhood brings out in you, it brings out your best qualities. But it brings out some of like the ugliest parts of your personality too. And especially if you're, you know, like with Nick, you know, when you have a child that's like struggling like that, it's going to, you can't help but feel you failed as a mother. And that brings out the ugliest side of you because mothering is all about making sure the future survives. And when the future starts not surviving, it, does something to you inherently in your very core as a mother. And I like that they explored all of those sides of mothering, you know, the love, the care, the, tr- the, the ugliness, you know, failing. Like, yeah. The kinds of like, I think like those primitive experiences of motherhood that, that you don't always see. And I think resonate with people and families. And and I thought that was, I was proud of our show for having the courage to sort of do that, shine the light there. Mm-hmm. Here's a spoiler. If you don't want to hear this, go past it. Reuniting with Alicia for Madison and what June would have liked to have seen her. Um, that moment was, was, you know, really, really special. I think uh, that's what the the dream was when when Ian and Andrew pitched this the end of season seven and season eight to me. The dream was to to bring them back together. And I, I mean, I, for me, I thought, how can I come back without? I mean, how can I miss both of my children? You know what I mean? I like, I felt like we needed it as a story, and. Um, so it was very rewarding to have that moment. We happened to love each other as people. So it was also very fun to be together on set again. I mean, we'd been together since what, what, what year was it? I don't know, 2015. So we've known each other quite a while in a lot of different LA, Vancouver, Mexico, Austin, Savannah, you know, it's quite a journey. So it felt really great to be together. And we had a lot of laughs and we had some tears too. I think the main, I think it was done perfectly well. I think it it absolutely happened the way it needed to happen. You know, I think June in the end of season seven, treating Alicia when she was trying to wrangle everyone and me observing these health things about her and taking note was, and then implementing them into helping others using the radiation factor to help other people with the Padre experiments. That, that was Alicia, you know, in that regard, um, coming in. And and so in a way that was June's connection to Alicia was using that observation of what was happening with Alicia's bite and how she was surviving, what the phenomena was and, and putting that into June's helper recipe brain. Um, so I, I did feel like a connection to Alicia in that way, in terms of the story. And, and I feel like the way it ended with the three of them at the end was so, so cool. I got to ask what it was like when the the words came out, that's a wrap. What was that like for each of you? Uh, I talked to the director, Mark, and he said everybody just kind of stood there. So what was it like? Surreal, right, Kim? It's like surreal. There's a lot of time to process it. You know, like we had known for so many months this was going to be the final season. 
And so then that's its own processing journey. And you're trying to film while knowing this is like the last. And and so for me, it was a very emotional, like I, I was so discombobulated um, knowing this was going to be the last time I was like doing this because I so enjoy it. And I didn't want to be caught up in my own emotions about it. I wanted to be present while I'm doing it so that I'm actually getting all the sensation of enjoyment while doing it. But when it was like actually done, my son was with me um, on set and that felt really special to be able to have to share that with him because they were, you know, your family, you go through so much when you're filming these and they're a huge part of this experience. They live these tiredness with you and the busyness and the pandemic and you know they they go through it's a shared experience and so to have my son with me um and he wants to be a filmmaker and he's really interested in camera and for him to like watch that ending to watch Mikey give that end speech I don't know. For me, that was like an extra bonus, but it was like super bittersweet. I hated the idea that I'm like not going to be able to have action and start acting alongside everyone again. Like I don't, I hated that. I hated it, but I was just trying to also be like so happy with the experience that I did have. So it was like, it was like multi-dimensional sensations. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, we, we knew the end was nigh. We knew it was coming and, you know, there's a there's a real disservice when you shoot a season and you think you're going to see each other again and you get axed in the break. You know, that's that's never fun. So the great thing, the great honor of this was that we did get to finish it properly. And um, but still, like, even though we knew it was coming, it was just like, really, this is this has been a long time. And it was the dead of night, I think. I think we wrapped it a very civilized hour of 1 a.m. actually. So it wasn't too bad. It was a little chilly and, you know, and it was Mikey with gave the speech. And then, I mean, I was crying. I really was. I, I It's been a profound experience for me, this whole in season, everything about it, this whole series and working with all the people from soup to nuts, the production office, to the actors, to the directors, to the showrunners, to the executives to everything. And I mean, I'm leaving it changed. I'm leaving it a better person. I'm leaving it a stronger person, a more humble person, maybe. I don't know. And it was, it it was good because the way we got to let it go, we got to say goodbye and that's all you can ask for. And we got to do that. And then I remember going from, I don't know if you saw them, Jenna, at the end, but when we left the set, we'd all hugged and, and we're in the mud and hugging and saying goodbye. And then we got out of the van at base camp and Lauren and Lindsay, the two PAs, were sobbing like they're such they're like in their early 20s. They were sobbing. And I was just like, that's how profound this experience was for them. And especially them, for these young women to see like all these creatives come together like we did. And we're all such good eggs. You know, we're all professionals. We all deliver right away. We all are are pleasant to each other and to everyone. And it's it was just a beautiful experience. And the greatest gift of all was getting to say goodbye properly. I was with you guys in San Diego in season one. And here we are at the end. So it's very bittersweet for me. But Aww. congratulations. Great, Great series. We're a lot older. 
<laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead is available on AMC and AMC+. And Sci-Fi Talk Plus makes a great podcasting gift, not only for yourself, but also for your friends and family. Over 800 episodes, commercial-free, uncut, and even special programs. Best apart, Best part about it, it's free for a lifetime. Click on the link in the show notes for free lifetime access. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.